When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ooh, Al lips look so good. I got good everything. Trust what me. else you got good, Al? <laughs> Take a look at that picture I sent you. I just figured I'd get the girls a little preview <laughs> of the spring summer collection, a.k.a. Okay. my body. It is TGIF. This is what y'all came for, right? Y'all came for this. Hey everybody, happy Friday and welcome to TGIF. Y'all been asking for it and you got it too times a week and let me tell you something shout out to everybody that watched the replay on thursday and wednesday show y'all were just breaking all kinds of records so i just want to say shout out to all of y'all that have been watching the show and, and watching the repeats so without further ado let me introduce my fantastic co-host please welcome brand strategizer mr al reynolds hey al uh, what's up claudia how you doing I'm good. I'm good. I, I feel like you're always like cautious, like waiting for me to say something shady to you right now. And I'm like, I'm just saying. I, I, I'm on my P's and Q's with you two, I swear. <laughs> Why? <laughs> All right. Please welcome talk show host, multimedia personality, YouTube star, and boating aficionado, uh, <laughs> Funky Dineva, aka Q. <laughs> hey, y'all. Oh, you're giving us real cat like today with the. Is that Cheetah? Baby, this uh-huh. leopard. I got my leopard on. Leopard, honey. Leopard. I got my liquor in my cup. My liquor in my leopard. Baby, I am ready. <laughs> <laughs> and I am your host, Claudia Jordan. And let me tell you, Negro, something about last week. Okay. I have been getting all kinds of pregnancy congratulations in my DMs. <laughs> Them um, having a whole conversation about whether or not it'd be a good mom, and oh, it's time. And because thank you. you. Because it's <laughs> probably my fault. That's probably my fault, and I'm so sorry, friend. You ain't Claudia sorry. Is not pregnant. Okay, they went to the chop shop last week. She is not. <laughs> she is no longer pregnant. Let me tell you something. At at my age, if I do get pregnant, it's a goddamn miracle child. Wait, that's not good to say. Goddamn miracle uh, child. No, don't put those in the same sentences. Oh, it would Lord. be. A, it would be. A, it would probably be the second coming of. I would have to keep that. So yeah. yeah right. Right. So right. you will not see me at Planned Parenthood on a Saturday before nine o'clock talking about <laughs> I didn't eat since last night at midnight. From what I heard. Okay, <laughs> let's get into some. Oh, we are we are messy already. <laughs> already. <laughs> no, but what if I was after all this talk? That would be funny. Yeah, maybe not. Okay. Hush all right, listen. Over- what happened? And a hush fell over Jerusalem. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, here we go. Oh, the ghetto. The ghetto. Who is the that? Ghetto. That's me. Man. Who's calling you right now? My friend Tanya from Atlanta, Pretty Place to Cater. Well, shout, shout out to Pretty Place for all your catering and production needs. <laughs> or whatever. Pretty with an eye. Uh, uh, go ahead, girl. Okay, so listen, before we dive into our hot topics and our show, Funky has a special surprise for our tea uh, mates. Take it away, Funky. 
So, guys, I did a couple weeks ago, 23 and Me. Quick story. We were sitting in the bar, and me, a Cuban woman, and a Venezuelan woman, we were just talking about cultural cuisine. What, what's a poor Cuban person's meal? What's, a, what is, what's the traditional meal for this? And when it got to me, I was like, you know what, guys? Being, you know, a descendant of the transatlantic slave trade, I really don't know what is you know, inherently natural for me. And in a drunken moment, I ordered a 23andMe for myself and for my friend, Rosie. And I decided I would share the results with y'all. And y'all gonna fall out when y'all find out what the hell I am and where the hell I come from. But uh, if we got the graphics, y'all, I am obviously, let, let me pull it up so I can follow along on my phone. I am obviously... 92% sub-Saharan African. We know that part. But y'all, I'm 43% Nigerian. Who would have knew? <laughs> Who would have knew? From the, from, from Nigerian stole that white lady. Yes, okay. <laughs> I, I'm from, from the Emu region of Nigeria. I'm 13% Guyanian, Liberian, and Sierra Leonean. And 6% Senegambian and Guinean, if I'm saying that right. Um, I got 17% Congolese and Southeast African. But here's the kicker, y'all. I always told y'all I was a rich white woman. Uh Baby, I am 5.2% European. I knew it. (laughs) I knew it. I knew I was a rich white woman deep down inside somewhere. I felt it in in my bones. Uh, there it is, right there, baby. The numbers don't lie. 5.2. I'm a rich white woman right here on the left-hand side, right here. I told y'all, told y'all, and 2.1% um, East Asian uh, and Indigenous American. So what this did for me, guys, and, and the, the, the main reason why I, I, I did this, aside from just wanting to know, is I was looking for something deeper spiritually, um, for those of y'all that follow me, y'all know I don't get down with the church and I don't get down with the Christianity. I, I don't knock it. For those of y'all who, who it make y'all better people, have at it. It's it just, it's never resonated with me. And I was just always interested in what it is my people practice, what it is they connected to. And now I have a starting point. Um, and I feel, I feel a bit more connected to something, what that something is, I don't know, but I, I'm I'm going to figure it out. Shout out to 23andMe, and I would also tell you guys, there's also so many other um, reports that they give you. Like the, it, it says genetically, I am less likely to be able to sing on pitch and on key. You know what I'm saying? Like it gives you those types of breakdowns, and it makes perfect sense because I can't sing on pitch yeah, or on key. Um, so I would recommend that you guys check it out if you haven't done it. Oh, you know what? I, I want to do that. I tried the other one a long time ago. There's 23andMe, then these up Ancestry.com. Ancestry. It wasn't as specific as that. Al, we should try it. I'm down. Let's try it. So look, to all my Nigeria people, am I allowed to claim Nigeria? Like, what's up? What's up with the oh, Joloff no. Rice? What's up with the... That's it. See, that I'm so out of touch with my people. The only thing I know is Joloff Rice. I got to figure out Cause you know, I, I, I listen. I'm I, I'm a new person. Now I got a whole new culture on y'all hoes. I'm next week, next <laughs> week, baby. My name ain't even gonna be Q no more. It's gonna be Joffy. Okay, I'm coming. I'm, <laughs> I'm a whole new person. 
<laughs> so now you can, uh, you'll no longer, uh, you'll, you'll defend the Nigerian scammer stereotype that they like to say. Because those is my people. Y'all not talking about my people. Exactly. Well, congratulations on getting, you know, filling in a little piece of the puzzle yeah. and completing your puzzle. So, all right. You Nigerian. All right, Jaffe. We're going to call you Jaffe for the rest of the show. <laughs> All right, let's get into some hot topics here. Congratulations are also in order for our girl Riri, who is officially a billionaire, the wealthiest female musician in the world and comes in second to Oprah Winfrey as the richest female entertainer. Um, talk about black girl magic. We have two women, two black women on the billionaire list. Are you guys excited about this story? I'm super excited. Um... I mean, it's got to be an amazing feeling to be in your early 30s and have enough money to live seven generations. You know what I'm saying? And she's earned it. Rihanna has done her thing. Um, you know, I don't know the complete breakdown. Al may know this better than me. I'm assuming it's more the products than it was the music that took her over. And I said to somebody the other day, y'all, I honestly think by the way that Rihanna's moving that she's kind of done with music. I think y'all might get one more album out of this girl. She's been performing since she's like 14 Mama got enough money and got enough products bringing in enough residual income that she can sit down for a lifetime. Al, what do you think about this? Listen, Rihanna is the richest Avon lady in the country. Yes. And she hasn't done music in what? A half a decade since 2016 antics? Like, how can you be the wealthiest musician in the world but you ain't made music in five years because you're the wealthiest musician through your products. Now, Q, let me tell you how she did it. So during the um, pandemic, as we know, beauty products and the beauty industry went through a huge slump, right? So their valuations decreased dramatically. Now, because of we're coming on the other side of COVID, the multiples for beauty products, as far as in comparison to their revenue, is multiples of 7.5. So because the multiples are so large, she is now a billionaire. I love it. You know, um, it's kind of ironic. One of the last songs I remember her doing is Bitch Better Have My Money. And now like, she got it. And then I also, think about, I also think about Tierra Marie. You know, I, there's, I, I don't know if y'all hear the stories about the, between the Tierra Marie and Rihanna, they had thought that Tierra Marie was going to be the one that was going to pop and be the huge success story. And, you know, she did, you know, she's had her success, but Rihanna is the one that kind of, they said she was, uh, listen more. That's what, I, that was the word on the street. Right. But I, I think about Tierra, Tierra, uh, Tierra Marie sometimes, like I, you know, she's a talented lady, but then it's, to see someone that started at the same time as you be reaches love, I wonder how she feels. It's funny that you say that there's a video that was floating around on social media. You can find it on YouTube. It's Tierra Marie, Rihanna, and it was one other starting out girl. And they were paying tribute to somebody. I mean, this is when Rihanna was singing Caribbean influenced music. And yeah, it does have to, for lack of a better term, suck to remember being on the same stage with this girl at the same level. We both backstage, nervous, just happy to be here. Barely got enough money for a glam squad, but baby, we here. And now, you know, you over here on Love and Hip Hop could barely pay 50 cent in your Uber bill. And this girl who you once shared a stage with is a billionaire. It definitely would do something to my self-esteem. Well, I'm rooting for her still. 
I love her I, underdog story, and I would love to see her make a comeback in some regard. I don't think there's a market for her. You know, and, and I'm not trying to hate. I just don't think there's a market for her anymore, especially considering the fact that R&B, you know, R&B has shifted in such a way that the influences now are the Summer Walkers and the, and the Janae Eichos, if I'm saying that correctly, so on and so forth. Tierra's not young enough. That's not her musical style. And R&B doesn't. It's not like it was back in the day when we had. 20 women reigning at the same time. Deborah Cox, Changing Faces, Tracy Spencer, Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, Mary J. Blige, you know, uh, uh, Shanice, all of these women were out at the same doggone time. The radio, some you, the summertime radio was the deal, baby. Song after song. R&B just isn't like that anymore. Mm. So the only way it would be like a Summer Walker reach out and do a collab. Yeah. Somebody up. All right, yeah. we got to move on to this other story that I was kind of uh, tripping on today. Fox News reported that Ashley Babbitt's lawyer's mom is saying that she was ambushed by Capitol Police, a Capitol Police officer who fatally shot her as she tried to enter the Speaker's lobby outside of the House chamber during the U.S. Capitol riot that took place on January 6th. Now, Ashley's lawyer stated it's not debatable. There was no warning. I would call what he did an ambush. I don't think he's a good officer. I think he's reckless. Now the family plans to file a $10 million wrongful death lawsuit against the Capitol Police officer. What are your thoughts on this story? And if this is an entitlement and audacity, then I don't know what the hell is. Al, go ahead, because I'm going to say the wrong thing. (laughs) You know, first of all, everything about this is just awkward and weird. Why would you only sue for $10 million for a wrongful death? That means you're telling me that that woman's uh, uh, lifespan is only worth $10 million. That's weird. Uh, Number two, they are arguing that the police, the Capitol Police did not uh, tell her to stop or cease or don't move or I will shoot. So we know that's a lie. Um, She's claiming, the, the family is claiming that they could not hear Uh, the officers state those things because he had on a mask. Well, if you couldn't hear him state those things because he had on a mask, then how did you not know he didn't say it? That's number two. And then number three, there was a special investigation around this because it was a Capitol riot. And the U.S. Justice Department decided that it was null and void and that the officer acted according to protocol. It's amazing some on the right are trying to paint this woman as a martyr and some kind of hero. And they're trying to compare it to George Floyd, the murder of George Floyd. If George Floyd can get, you know, justice, then why can't Ashley Babbitt? I will not let y'all sit here and make this treasonous, uh, uh, terrorist, white woman, some kind of national hero because she didn't get warned as she was committing a crime, breaking into the speaker's lobby as they chanted, kill Mike Pence, hang Mike Pence. What were y'all going to do when you got on the other side of that, that door, Ashley? Oh, well, nothing because you're not here with us. I have no sympathy for this bitch. If it was any of us, I mean, we, we, we Tamir Rice got shot within what, 1.2 seconds. Mm-hmm. Talk about not getting a warning. That's someone who didn't get a warning. Uh, F right. out of here with that. I really want to say Listen. something. Play silly games, win silly prizes. You know what I'm saying? Like, now don't get me wrong. The family, I I understand the family. You know, they're grieving. They're feeling stuff. I I, I get it. I get it. But baby, your daughter broke into these people's house. Like, (laughs) she broke into the Capitol. What did y'all honestly think were going to happen? It's the delusions for me. And uh, I'm glad that that our, our, the government and the powers that be see this for what it is and it's like, get off our line and, and 
sign up for a PPP loan because that's about all you're going to get out of us. Well, she 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 f around and found out, didn't she? <laughs> all right, y'all. We're gonna take a quick commercial break, and we have plenty more TGIF when we return. Welcome back to TGIF. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Throw up a thumbs up if you are enjoying the show. I see all 1,400 of y'all representing for us. All right, y'all, let's get back into it. Uh, In an interview, Dr. Dre's oldest daughter, Latonya Young, revealed that she's homeless and living out of her car and hasn't received any money from her dad in Mm. a year and a half. Oh, that's it? Okay. Well, she also said that her kids are staying with friends until she's able to provide for them financially. Now, Young works for DoorDash and Uber eats as a delivery driver and says that she's just trying to keep her head above water while paying off her debt. What are your thoughts on the story? And is it Dr. Dre's responsibility to provide for his adult daughter? You know, this story is so layered to me, right? Because the, the, the first question I have is how was this daughter conceived? Considering the fact that Dr. Dre has such a disregard for her, it seems as if there is no parental dad, father, dad, daughter relationship. I'm curious to know was her mom a groupie, a jump off, no disrespect intended, and that's how she came about, and that's why he has no emotional attachment to her? Because if he did, she'd be in a much better financial situation considering that your dad is worth $800 billion, million. Um, Secondly, um, you know, it's not his responsibility to take care of his adult daughter and, and, and her children. But thirdly, just from an optics perspective, just from being a good person, I just don't understand why long time ago, Dr. Dre just wouldn't have bought the damn girl a townhouse, put put a million dollars in the damn trust and said, I'm done with you after this. Please leave me the hell alone. Considering the fact that it would literally be no sweat off his back. Al, what do you think? I, I understand what Q is saying, but I feel like this, whether it was a jump off of the groupie or not, that's your seed, that's your child. Um, whether you, you know, have a good relationship with her or not, she's homeless and she's got what didn't the report say she has three or four kids. So, you know, he is extremely wealthy. He has supported her in the past. He's only stopped supporting her in the last year and a half. I'm not one to tell him what to do, but if he, even if he doesn't like her, how about this, Dr. Dre, you make a gazillion dollars. So why don't you just put her on the payroll to help uh, counter your tax liabilities. As an 800 millionaire, $800 million nair, you got to have tax liabilities. And one of the easiest things to do is put people on your payroll to reduce your tax liability. In this case, hit her off a couple of thousand dollars. You can write it off on your taxes and you never have to talk to her. It's a win-win situation for you. Now you're out here looking suspect. We don't, like I said, I can't tell you what to do with your money. You're a grown man. That's a grown woman. But you, the optics, like Q is saying, it just doesn't look good. And, and, and you don't need that. What's the point? I agree. And I, I, I'm not, I get your responsibility legally at 18 is over, but it's still another human being. I feel bad for people that have no blood relation to me where I'll help them out. And and on a future show, we'll talk about all the people hitting us up for money, me and Al, right? Um, But like, I just don't see how you can be that successful and someone that was birthed from your loins. You're just like, all right, even if you're mad at that person, it's almost like, you know, I'd almost pay them to go away. You know what I mean? Right. Like just to not look like that. You look crazy or, right now, Dr. Dre. You look nuts. The kids, the kids have nothing to do with this. Yeah. Come on. There, there's, a, 
they, they have nothing to do with this. At, at minimum, you got four kids that are homeless. Okay, they are staying with her friends, but she's living out of a car. I don't know. It, I just feel like there could be a better resolution to this. I mean, you know, considering the fact that Dr. Dre has probably got all the top attorneys and tax people in his whatever, the advice that you just gave Al, he's fully aware of. There's a disdain there. There, there, there there's, a, there's a hate there. There's a trauma there. There's a reason why he's feeling like I ain't giving you S-H-I-T. And, you know, that's a, a conversation we should have for another show about how some men, particularly in our community, are just so able to have children and have zero emotional connection to them or mm. responsibility for them that is an issue that runs rampant in our community and it's one that i don't understand and and the damage it does to generations of kids and adults and you know women that have issues in relationships men that have issues dealing with their partners it all stem a lot of that stemmed from how you didn't feel love from your parent and a lot of times your dad I know I'm going in the other direction, but listen, he's going through a very ugly divorce where she's already saying that he's not doing what he's supposed to do as it relates to giving her the money that she deserves. Having another story come out about your blood, meaning your child that you had, that you're not supported. It's only feeding the narrative of the of the divorce attorney. Look, they're like saying, look. We told you he doesn't do the right thing by the woman in his life. Look, she was married to him for X amount of years and he doesn't take care of her. Look, he's got a child that he doesn't even take care of. I just feel like there's a, he needs to be a little bit smarter about this. This isn't looking good right now. And that, that's just from the eyes from the outside of looking in. But you're in the middle of a huge divorce settlement. This does not make sense. Turn this wrong into a right. You got a lot of money, more money on the line $300,000 a month. You're talking about a woman that you're sharing your empire with. This woman's not even asking for half of that. She's probably what you spend when you hang out on the weekends. It, you know, with all, with all his um, past stories of abuse and allegations from, you know, various women, it would do him well to, to do right by his 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 daughter in his own life. I, I just... Get an apartment. All, just, all he got to do is get a little piece of apartment. Have the $24,000 a year. It's $24,000 a year. Well, someone who doesn't need any help, and we're really proud of, Angela Bassett. She received a super huge major pay increase ahead of season five of her Fox drama, 911. According to sources, Angela Bassett is now making $450,000 per episode, which makes her the highest paid actress of color in a drama series. Now, before we get into the story... Here's a list of some of uh, Angela Bassett's non-Black peers are earning per episode in television. Forbes reports that actress Sofia Vergara received uh, $500,000 per episode for um, ABC's Modern Family, so she's making more than her. Ellen Pompeo received $550,000 per episode for Grey's Anatomy. Elizabeth Moss received $1 million per episode for The Handmaid's Tale. So in comparison to her non-Black peers, should we still celebrate this, this, this pay bump? What do y'all think? We should most definitely celebrate it. Uh, I also think we've got to be careful with false equivalencies because we're not going to pretend like 911 brings in the same ratings as Grey's Anatomy, which means Grey's Anatomy generates more revenue or whatever the case may be. So some of these figures are based on, you know, ratings. However, we're not going to pretend like there still isn't a huge pay disparity amongst African-American women actresses in Hollywood. Um, 
They need to give Viola Davis her things. They need to give Taraji P. Henson her things. They need to give Vivica Fox her things. Give all them ladies their things. But I am happy for Angela Bassett. But I'm going to tell y'all something. And I don't mean to be a hater. I read the list. And bitch, I'd be mad as hell because there's some people on the cast making 80000 an episode. And I'd be damned if we sit here working on the same damn show on the set the same amount of hours and this heifer getting 450,000 and I'm only getting 80. Now don't get me wrong, I know she don't put her time in. She's 30, 40 years in the game. You getting 450, can I at least get 229? How I'm getting 80 and y'all paying her 450, but not in, in, in all fairness, I salute the queen, she deserves it. I don't know anybody else on the cast and she was robbed, they owe her for robbing her for what's love got to do with it, I think. Uh, well, you do know other people on the cast. You know that Jennifer Love Hewitt is getting $300,000 an episode. Let me tell you the disparity here, which is so interesting, which is also not good. I mean, I, I do celebrate Angela in this case, but she's only making $450,000 as not an actor. She's actually making $450 because she's the EP of the show itself and also the EP for the spinoff Lone Star. So let's be very clear. She's not getting $450,000 an episode as the actor. Her cohort, though, Jennifer Love Hewitt, is she's getting $300,000 an episode, which is $6.6 million uh, for the season. And that's just not fair. Angela Bassett had to be two EPs on the show and the spinoff in order to make the same amount of money as an actress that Jennifer Love Hewitt uh, made. Now, let's put a pin on that. The other thing here that's, that's interesting is she can't be the highest paid African-American female because wasn't Carrie Washington. Carrie Washington was making a million dollars an episode for her Hulu series, Little Fires Everywhere. And let's not forget, everybody, don't sleep on Gabrielle Union. Gabrielle Union, too, was making about $800,000 an episode for being Miss... For, uh, um, the the only reason that she didn't see the end of all of her money was because of her contract dispute and they canceled the show because she wanted her dollars. So I don't know about this. This is a little interesting, but I do applaud uh, Angela Bassett because she deserves it. She's been in the game for a long time. But you know what? Now that I think about something, Al, I just kind of got pissed off in my soul because if if Jennifer's getting 300 an episode and Angela's getting 450 for three jobs, I would be I would be curious to know either Angela is being cheated on the two additional jobs or she's being cheated at 911. Either way, she's being cheated. So no. I would be curious to know if Jennifer's making more than Angela as an actress on 911. That's why I brought it up. Now let me tell you what's so interesting. This show actually was written for Angela. Okay. This is some mess right here. The show was actually written for Angela. That's how she got the EP credit. And then she forced the EP credit for the spinoff. And that's how she got to the 450. Just yeah. something to think about. She had to do three jobs in order to get it, 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 It's she just so, 300000 just for being on the show. It's so sad because we oftentimes as Black people, we, we still find ourselves in a situation where we have to be happy for what we can get. And I hate yeah, it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's an accomplishment and I'm happy she got it. But right. it's like, it, it's like, damn. But when you look over here, it's like, you know, yeah, they have, it's a backhanded compliment, basically. Right. 
I mean, and they've conditioned us and they've nine million dollars. So, but you're right, Q. They've conditioned us for when you're black to be grateful that you even got it. And the white women don't see it that way. Never. And they don't move that way. And their their agents don't move that way. The fact that Jennifer Love Hewitt, although you said I know her, I can't, I don't, I have, I don't know if I've ever watched anything she's been in. Um, I know Angela Bassett. Okay. And I, I know she was robbed of. Uh, an Oscar for sure. All right, uh, moving on. A woman is suing McDonald's. Go to commercial. commercial. All right, we're gonna go to commercial, and we'll be back and talk about the lady that's trying to sue McDonald's for some bullshit. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to TGIF. All right, y'all. Before we went to commercial, I teased a story about a woman who's suing McDonald's. Check out this BS. Okay, look, <laughs> she's suing them after uh, she claims a commercial that McDonald's put together compelled her to give into temptation and bite into a juicy burger, which caused her to break her fast <laughs> during Lent. The woman stated, when I saw an advertising banner, I could not help myself. She also stated that prior to the incident, she has been successfully fasting for 16 years for Lent. Do y'all think she has a fair argument? What do y'all think about this case? You sound stupid even asking us that <laughs> question. Okay. Uh, well, thank you. Okay, this is Thank just you. completely ridiculous, and it's funny because I thought it was—I thought the story was going to be in America, because you know there's a the running joke in the legal system that in America you can sue anybody for anything. But now McDonald's is responsible for your lack of impulse control. What I will say is at McDonald's corporate, they are somewhere laughing, high fiving, and the marketing person who came up with whatever campaign that he or she probably got a raise because they're out here moving people to give up their damn God. She blamed McDonald's instead of blaming the devil. I ain't mad with you, sis. I mean, if you about to go to hell, you know, messing around with McDonald's, you should try to get some money out of them, but it ain't no people's fault. Uh, what do you think about this? Oh, guys, I, I th- to me, this looks like the, the ultimate marketing ploy you're going to take a lawsuit and claim the lawsuit was because your brand was so good. Your food was so good that it breaks religious barriers, which religion is one of the hardest things to ever break. Right. In order to overcome or to make money on. So I, I, this 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 reeks to me of a good PR campaign around a lawsuit that actually occurred back in 2019. I think McDonald's pulled this back up, has marketed this into the media to, in order to to promote themselves. So shame on you, McDonald's, but good work. So you think you it's an in, inside job? Absolutely. But you know, it, the, lawsuit was, the lawsuit was three or four years ago. Why are we just now talking about it in 2021? We're just now talking about it in 2021 because they've taken that lawsuit and flipped it into something. The, the parody here is religion and, and restraint, right? Religion, restraint, and not doing something. And their product is so good that it even made you break your religious belief. Cut it out, McDonald's. I see you. I'm going to tell you what's funny that when we were talking prior to the show off off air, I said, I want a double quarter pounder and I have not <laughs> eaten dinner. I did. I, I have not eaten dinner yet tonight. And low key, when we get off work, I'm going to get a double quarter pounder with cheese. So it's it, working. It worked. Shame on you, McDonald's, but good job. 
All right. Uh, Sean Combs, Puff Daddy, Diddy to most, or should I say love? Well, he recently sat down with Vanity Fair and shared that the next phase of his life is dedicated to justice and Black capitalism. Now, Diddy didn't share many details, but he did say that he has a five-year plan that is guaranteed to do great things for the Black community. Now, in the interview, he was reminded of the uh, accusations from former rapper turned pastor Mace, who accused Diddy of stealing his royalties. Diddy told the writer that he couldn't focus on that issue because God put it on his heart to find his purpose and save the Black race. How, how, how do y'all feel about <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. you know, my my gut, my gut reaction when I just read the headline, Diddy has five-year plan for Black people. I'm like, like, you know, who the hell died and made you the next Martin Luther <laughs> King, right? But yeah. I did read the article. Uh, I read the article and, and I want to repeat something that I said in reference to the baby on last show. Everybody is worthy of redemption and everybody can redeem themselves with time, energy, and effort. There was a genuine sincerity I did get from this article when Diddy was speaking about he plans to start an all R&B label with full transparency where he will not be signing people but there will be 50-50 partnerships with full transparency between the label and the artist. Now, we already know what that is. That's, that's Diddy trying to get into heaven by how he don't screw, mace them over, and, and made Pam have to turn straight in order to get a man to pay her bills <laughs> and, all, and all this type of stuff over there at BET. I don't know, I already went in on Diddy about no people money. I ain't going to do it again. But that part did feel sincere to me. It did feel like uh, he, he spoke about Black people not owning rap and that we now have the opportunity to at least own R&B. Um, and I bought into that part. They tried to own rap when they worked with him, but he took he gangstered all of it away from them. Uh, listen, <laughs> I, I feel like if, if you're going to preach love and this new energy and uh, what did he call that? Ener not energy. Uh, uh, can't remember what he called it. If you're going to say that this is the space that you're in and equality and everybody. Okay. Then what about, are you planning to give Mace his money that you owe him? Okay, so you don't want to give him this money. Well, how about do you plan to give Mace his rights and publish him back? Since we're in this space of energy and empowering Black people and, and giving people the money that they deserve, how about that? And then what, what is that? What was that female group? Danity Kane? Yeah, oh, my God, yeah. You remember them? And everyone yeah. else that was on Bad Boy that we never heard of again after he dropped them? Okay, so what are you doing about that. If you're going to preach love and this new you and this evolution and this equality and this capitalism, then you've got a few wrongs that you need to write. Now, the other thing that was, and I, I read the entire article and I, I, it was just, it was written perfectly. I just felt like I was a part of like this, this fairy tale in all honesty. If you're going to birth this out and want the public to believe it, he also talked about empowering young black executives. Let me tell you something. If you're trying to if you're trying to empower people, we don't need empower. We don't need mentoring groups. If you want to empower black people, then you need to put black people in power. Period. We don't need no more no more empowerment programs. We don't need no more set asides. We need to be the CEO of stuff. 
So forget this empowering program and enlightening program and, oh, we're going to all buy, come by y'all. Put people in power of color to make money. I don't need to go to another empowerment conference. I need to be the president of something. I need to be the decision maker. If you're really changed, then that's what you need to be campaigning. And it's a bad sign to me. I, I Listen, if, if this is what's truly in his heart, I commend him, right? And like you said, Q, everyone can have redemption. Facts. But it's a bad sign that during your interview, when they ask you about one of the most infamous cases of you not doing an artist right, you wouldn't even discuss it. Like that would have been a great moment to say, you know what, you're right, you're right. Let me go ahead and address this and 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 let me let me do right by this brother. And he could have said that then. You know how big of a deal that would be? Because then we could actually believe what you're saying. We want to believe you, Diddy, because Diddy, you have done a lot with your life, with your life. You've done an amazing with your life. But I think there is some responsibility and, uh, you know, seeing it through. And there's too many people saying the same story about you. There's too many things. I would love to see you really. Also, the the one thing that was great, Claudia, that you said was in in the article, he said that I'm going to take it from me to we. Remember that? He quoted that so many times throughout the article that he was like, I'm no longer going to focus on me, but I'm going to make it about we. So if you're going to make it about we, then spread the wealth. Consider like how much money. I didn't mean to cut you off. That he's yeah, made from Ciroc and Sean John. I would be curious to know how much of Diddy's wealth it would take for him to right those wrongs. And my my gut tells me a very small percentage. My, my gut tells me that Diddy would still be super duper rich if he gave Mace his publishing and his rights and what he was owed and everything else that he would still be super duper rich. So you, you, you're right. I don't understand. You know, Diddy, you're trying to pull the wool over our eyes a little bit. And you want to start, you, you start from the middle, brother. You want to start peace and love from the middle, but you got to start from the beginning, my brother. You got to start from the beginning if you're trying to get into heaven. You can't be like, God, I lived wrong for 40 years, but Forgive me for all the murders I did for the first 40 years, but from 41 to 70, you know, I gave money to the Boys and Girls Club. That that's not how this works. Right. You also just, can't be you also can't be publicly saying these things, but then privately still acting like a gangbanger. Something else. That's what I'm saying. I, I just feel saying? like he, if he really wanted this shimmy act to really be impactful and really have us rock with you, including the millennials and the Gen Zs, then he should have definitely said. Yo, you know what? In this space that I'm in, I'm going to do right by Mace. I'm going to do right by these other artists. And here is my commitment. Make the pledge. You ain't even got to do it, honestly. But make the pledge when given the av- the opportunity to do it. And everybody would have been like, well, damn. He well, is by space. I'm sorry. Speaking of spreading the wealth and rumors uh, about Diddy. Mm-hmm. Again, okay, listen. <laughs> when we get back, we're going to talk about someone who Diddy might be dating who's about 20 some years his junior. We'll be right back with more TGIF after the break. All right, everybody, welcome back to TGIF. Now, listen, if you've, uh, you're like me, TV has been a saving grace. And I'm sure by now a lot of you feel like you've uh, caught up on every single show that's out there, especially after the pandemic. We watched everything. So if you're tired of just scrolling through the same movies or the same shows and miss the excitement of new releases and new binge fest, then you've got to get Acorn TV. Acorn TV is the largest commercial-free British streaming service that features great stories and shows you won't find anywhere else. Now, with Acorn TV, there's always something new to discover. It has hundreds of exclusive shows from around the world, including award-winning mysteries, dramas, comedies, and so much more. Now, you get thousands of hours of new content on Acorn TV for a fraction of the cost compared to most streaming services 
at just $5.99 a month. The series you'll find on Acorn are refreshing because they're cleverly written, visually striking, and feature renowned actors, renowned actors like Thandie Newton. Now, I'm watching My Life is Murder with Xena Warrior Princess, actress Lucy Lawless, who plays a retired cop that can't stop solving cold cases. Now look, if you're ready for a streaming service that offers new stories and new characters and breathtaking sceneries every week, do what I did and get on that Acorn TV. Try Acorn TV for free for 30 days by going to acorn.tv and use my promo code T, but you have to enter the letters in all lowercase letters. So don't forget that. That's acorn.tv code T to get your first 30 days for free. All right, y'all, get that Acorn TV. And real quick, score, score uh, master, master that we've been uh, promoting here. My, my good friend Trey said he used it and he's like, my credit really went up like several points in like a week. So I'm really oh. gonna try that. So yeah. And Al, you said you wanna get out of the low, the low Yeah, right? I don't wanna get out of the low 700s. <laughs> <laughs> you should try it. Now uh, y'all ain't finna y'all ain't finna run my pressure up to death by no damn credit. There once was a time I used to be so stressed out about it. <laughs> Listen, now that I'm over seven hundred, long as it's over seven hundred, I'm fine. Yeah. I ain't got to have no eight hundred because it buys you the same damn thing. Okay, when I went and bought that that BMW, <laughs> they asked me one question. They said credit score over seven hundred. I said yes. They said yes. okay, fill out the paperwork. So. Al, you fine. You don't need no more points. Seven, seven, seven oh three and seven ninety eight get you the same damn thing. No, you gotta have the eight hundreds to get those elite cards. Yeah, I'm five points away right now. Five points. I'm gonna use oh, that score. Uh, seven ninety five. Yep. Congratulations, yeah, that's, that's good. Even even with my gambling problem. So imagine if I didn't. <laughs> All right, let's get back into this uh, Diddy real quick. We won't spend a lot of time on this. Um, so the rumors are going around that he's dating Carisha Brownlee, also known as Young Miami from the rap duo City Girls. The 50-year-old music mobile allegedly started seeing the 27-year-old rap star in June. They were spotted holding hands at a party for Pierre P. Thomas. And on Tuesday, Young Miami posted a photo of herself sitting on Diddy's lap and kissing a bottle of tequila. Are y'all here? <laughs> I don't want to ask you all these questions. Are y'all here? We're not going to spend much time on it. I I think this is nasty. Um, And you know, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to go in on just, just the the, the multiple layers of why this is just wrong. This relationship, in my opinion, is not equally yoked. I mean, have you ever heard Carisha speak? I mean, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and, uh, and, and aside from that, you know what I'm saying? She deviates so far from what his traditional types have been. So it makes me question his motives. Now, I will say this for Carisha, baby, if this thing is the truth, this is a great come up for her and the city girls. It definitely will bring them up to a more of an A-list level. You know what I'm saying? It definitely elevates her. But I just question Diddy's motives. I question what he truly has in common with Carisha, what he truly wants with Carisha. Is he really wanting to build a future with Carisha? I, 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 I just don't, don't see it. But for her, I'm happy, mama. Have a good time. Get them coins. Get them gifts. Get them perks, get access, make make the best of the access that you're granted, and and, and keep living. 
Okay. Well, since we're on the subject of age differences in relationships, what about this one? I want to hear what you have to say about this one. Madonna was spotted getting hot and heavy with her new boyfriend, and he's 27 years old. And she is 62. Not only was the icon seen tonguing him down, but they were also puffing on some smoke, smoke. And of course, social media had a field day when they saw the photos. Many people said that Madonna is too old to date someone that could be her son. Should there be an age limit when it comes to dating? And is it a double standard when it comes to men and women dating younger? This feels like leaving the club at four o'clock in the morning, drunk off of brown liquor, <laughs> butt naked in your bed alone, and you go to Pornhub and type in granny porn, okay? <laughs> that is what this feels like. And yes, we're going to answer the question. Shoot, yes, it, me what? Granny porn. <laughs> 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 it just feels like granny porn. Um, you know, granny porn. you know, uh, granny porn. G R A N N Y porn. Here's my lotion and the rest of my liquor. Okay, it feels like granny porn. And here's the thing: we're gonna, you know, Claudia, we're gonna answer the age-old question. Yes, it is a double standard. You know what I'm saying? Older men do it all the time with younger women, but it seems to be more acceptable because, you know, the younger woman is on the come up. I, 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 you know, listen, I know what's coming out of my mouth sounds very patriarchal. I get it, but it just feels wrong. It, it feels nasty. It, it just feels nasty. nasty. It feels like, a, it feels like an old lady. A 63-year-old woman. Can y'all uh, imagine him hitting her from the back? Like, what that looks like? Have you seen her new fake ass? How terrible it is and hard it looks? Have y'all seen her? Madonna got a fake butt. I mean, listen, Claudia, I'm not trying to put your business in the street, but you said your hip hurt when he tried to throw one of your legs by it. So can you imagine what type of rheumatoid arthritis inflammation <laughs> issues she having in between her legs and in her butt? And that 26-year-old, he get on that brown liquor and get to smoking that Kush and that OG herb or whatever the hell the kid's calling it right now. He do his Percocet and his Molly after they go to the club and he ready to hit that tussie cat and she in there got to hit that life alert button because he don't hit that thing <laughs> doggo hard. And <laughs> <laughs> and now, and now her Medicare finna get invalidated. Oh God! <laughs> you make a very good point because of my struggle, and I'm 16, 17 years younger than her, and I'm in pain. I know she in pain. I know she trying to grind, just, just, just get through, just to make him feel good that, that it's not so. And you, and you know he trying to school the money. He trying to school the bank out of her. You know what I'm saying? You know he hitting that thing. I got this old thing. I'm gonna make this old bitch give me her money. So you, you know he buyer, buyer. <laughs> We gotta take a we gotta take a break. We gotta we gotta go, y'all. We'll, we'll be... Welcome back to TGIF. I'm your girl Claudia Jordan, joined by Al Reynolds and Funky Dineva. Um, Q, remind me to tell you a story about when I did host the red carpet of the Soul Train Awards and who was such a biatch on oh, the red okay. carpet. Ooh, One of you. Well. She was a child star back in the day, but she was just she tried it. She got mad because I referred to her by her old and I, I'll tell you off camera. She might be watching. I might be. She might be watching. She ain't working right now. All right. Before we wrap, I want to play a game of sex scramble. Sex ah. scramble. Look at our graphic. Okay. I'm gonna read a description of some sex terms, and I want you to try to guess the correct answer. Now, if you guess wrong, 
You got to take a shot. Y'all ready to play some sex scramble? Yes, let's do it. Okay, great. First up, what word is used to describe more than two partners involved in a sexual activity? Orgy. Look, Al don't even need to see the word, the letters. He just, he's like, what I did on a Tuesday night. Okay. All right. This word is used to describe a discoloration or bruise you get on your neck. Higgy. Higgy. (laughs) They so nasty too. (laughs) Okay. You give a good hickey? I said I need a good hickey. Okay. I haven't had a hickey in years. (laughs) <laughs> Y'all know I'm so black. I've never had one. <laughs> I'm so serious. I've You're never Nigerian. had one. And your son is that Nigerian in you. Oh, that's that Nigerian blood. <laughs> <laughs> so this is everything you do before intercourse starts to build up the excitement. What is it? Douche. Flea. Oh. You know, you know what? what? Q. You're this so word. Mad. It was foreplay. Was this word. Right? Sc- oh, yeah. yeah. Foreplay. Yeah. Okay, so I'm winning. I'm two to one. Okay. This word right. describes what happens when people send you sexually explicit messages, photographs, Sexting. or images. Sexting. That's right. This word is used to describe couples using characters and scenarios before Role having sex. Roleplay. Right. All right. Um, what's another word for orgasm? Come All right. You know we got some hoes on this show. Y'all we <laughs> went through them so fast. We got like three minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> So since we have three minutes left, Claudia, I, you remember you asked me about uh, what I was doing in, in D.C. today early. And I just want to give a shout out to director Angela Gates over at D.C.'s office of cable television, film, um, music and entertainment. They took me on a tour and it was just an amazing tour. Uh, any Anytime you make a movie or a television show in the city of Washington, D.C., it goes to this office. And when I tell you, the complex was incredible. And guess what? She said that if we were to come to D.C., she would definitely allow us to use the studio here free of charge. Oh, great. Oh, Did you wow. have to- Cool, right? How'd you work that out, Al? You know. He got his shirt buttoned up. You probably got a hickey up under there. <laughs> and, oh. she's, and she's a young black female, I think in her late 30s. It, oh. it was such an incredible experience. I, when I tell you I was in awe, Claudia, like, like it was like it was like walking into a Turner Broadcasting uh, studio and a freaking Sirius XM studio combined. It was like the best of radio and 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 the best of television. It was an, a huge campus and everything was freaking new. Every room, every room was like digitally, um, like just like high tech technology. It was amazing. Oh, well, you know, that is really good to know. Director that is- Gates and everybody over there. That is really good to know because when we do go to five days a week, I really don't want to move to L.A. <laughs> so, so I, I would choose D.C. over L.A. any day of the week. Um, D- so, D.C. is fun. So, Angela, girl, you know, yeah, I'll keep doing what you're doing because we, you know, we, we might need Angela. So we have about 30 seconds left, 45 seconds left. On the next show, I want, we want to start talking about things that are in, in our lives happening. And um, Al and I have been really getting hit up with people begging for money. Like people I don't even know are asking me to help put their kids through college. Like not just small amounts, big amounts. So I want to get into that and make sure you submit your questions for you know, Q&A on Wednesday. Everyone have a safe weekend. Fellas, it's always great to see y'all. You have a good one All this right. weekend. Always.
All right, y'all stick around. The book of Sean is coming up next and we'll see y'all right back here on Wednesday and uh, Cocktails of Queens on Monday. Y'all have a great one.